I need you guys to cover me while I am outside opening the gates, David says calmly, as if it's not completely dangerous at all. He floors it all the way up the street, zigzagging through the slow-moving vehicles on the road, but slows down to approach the gate. We stop at the hut on the left side of the gate. With a sigh, David takes out his gun and rolls down the window. I'm home, he sings playfully, shooting a bullet straight through the guy's head, splattering the hut behind him with red. All you hear is the click of the hammer, not even a faint whisper of a bang. Langton opens the double back doors of the van and we all pour out, covering fire for David to make his move. Guys, cover me while I slide the gate open, David shouts. We all move to the front of the van and start shooting at Leo's inside the property. Got it, guys, get in now. We all jump in and grab a hold of a seatbelt as David slams on the throttle. He goes off-road and takes us full speed through his green luxury grass. The thick of trees all look familiar to me from that one night. The car jerks to a complete stop, sending me forward and hitting my head on the front seats. I shake it off, listening to David's command. Cover me. More and more soldiers surround us. Bullets whiz past my head, some grazing my elbow, some grazing my legs. But once one hits my chest, I slump against the van. I can't control my breathing. I can't breathe in when I want to, but I take in sudden gasps at intermittent moments. I've had the wind knocked out of me before, but this is totally brutal. I have to keep shooting. I have to keep going. I get back up and shoot at the Leos. They are all close enough for me to shoot for the heads now. Luckily, the tree is holding up. The spray of bark launches around me. I peer over the side as the shooting subsided. I see Leos in a prone and covering behind their shields, wearing their full tactical gear. They are in a defensive V formation, even though they have the upper hand. They can overpower us in time, so why are they defending? Something's not right, I say. They are in a defensive formation. My stomach drops. Something big is headed our way. I can sense it. Get back! Now! The formation opens enough for three men to step forward. They are fully armored with their body thick and bulky, covered in metal plating. A slab of steel covers the head with two small slits, allowing the officer inside to see. Two brutes carry two small rifles, each weighted by massive clips. The one in the middle holds a massive cylindrical object with thick handles. Brutes! I call out. I cannot say that I have seen them before but I recognize them, and I know the name. I can thank the Ares for the information. I see the shaft of the cylindrical object spin, and with a reflexive response I drop limp to the floor. Bullets zip through the air, splintering the trees and spraying wood overhead. The tree next to me thunders as the wood cracks, tumbling over to its side, providing horizontal cover. As soon as I hear the whirring from the spin of the shaft, I pop up and fire at the brute. I am pelted with bullets to my chest and gut. Two rounds actually penetrate, one in the crook of my shoulder and the other grazing my forearm. I scream. The armor moves like black liquid, sealing up the rip and holes the bullets gave me, and tightening on my wounds, preventing me from bleeding and acting perfectly as a second skin. I fall back to the ground. I turn to Miller and Galanti and see them in pain too. My gun clicks as I try to shoot over the trunk of the tree. This is it. I can't reload in time. This is as far as I go.
Some patches of grass pop up. Cylindrical objects slide up to the surface, shaping itself into a turret. Sentry guns. The sentry guns mow down all the soldiers, each face planting on the ground by the dozen. The brutes resist, but they eventually give way and slump to the ground. Iris online, Iris announces. David comes out of the bushes, arm bleeding. Ignoring the pain, we all enter inside the house. The damages done to it when David and I were attacked have all been repaired. No sign of any struggle besides the bodies bleeding on the grass. Upstairs, says David. We follow him up the staircase, silencing our footsteps and breathing slowly through our mouths. He signals us with his hand that through this door is his father's office. Lucas lifts three fingers, counting down to one. Once his index finger goes down, we breach the door and see Congressman Thompson looking outside his window at the blood-splotched grass.